Welcome back, baseball fans, to another edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm joined today by Dominic and Jeff. What's going on, guys? Nothing much. How are you? Good, 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 good. Just uh, paying attention to some good baseball games lately, and that's exciting to talk about baseball. We took a little bit of a spring break, if you might say, so we've been for a little bit, but we are back to uh, stuff that we can about baseball. So we're going to start today's episode talking about Joe Girardi's firing, kind of what you guys think about that. Then we're going to move on to the Cy Young candidate. I know it's early uh, on deck, so we're going to talk early Cy Young candidates, both in the American League and National League. Then we're going to talk about our top three ballparks, the ones we like the best that we think are, are the ones. Then we're going to move to our standings. We're going to talk about the NCAA tournament. Uh, just started just a few Friday. One fact about baseball. So to kick things off, we're going to talk about Joe Girardi. If you didn't know, Joe Girardi got fired on Friday from the Phillies. So what do you guys think? Jeff, we'll start with you. So I definitely think it's a good move. Uh, something's got to give with that team, especially when you have the fourth highest payroll in the majors and you're playing about as well as, you know, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, but it's, I think it might be a little surprising uh, having them fired this early, especially before the all-star break. Uh, the last time a manager was let go prior to the all-star breaks and since 2018 with the Cardinals. Uh, so overall, I think it's a good move, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. Uh, they actually, so far, the Phillies have the dead last. They are dead last in defensive run saved through 50 games. So, you know, they've got plenty of problems right now. Bryce Harper's exclusively a DH, so you're using Castellanos and Schwarber in the outfield a lot more. So the relievers are really not doing well. They've actually, through 180 innings, they've walked 93. Uh, so there's a lot of other issues, but this could be a start uh, since the firing. I think they've won four straight, actually. Overall, I'd say it's a it's a start. Okay. All right. What about you, Dom? What do you think about this? Yeah, I'm not really surprised by it. This team has probably been one of the more disappointing teams in baseball this season. I definitely thought that they were going to be a lot better. So I definitely saw it coming. But I, like Jeff said, I didn't expect it to be this early. I think not only is this a good move for the Phillies, but I think they also need to make more moves in that front office because obviously it's not just Girardi that was the problem. I think the roster construction for this team the last couple of years has been a problem. They've been notoriously bad defensively in pitching, and they haven't addressed those at all. If anything, it's gotten worse. So I, I think it's – it needs to be more needs to be done, but like Jeff said, it's a start. But I would take a second look at their GM. I mean, Dombrowski uh, was brought in what like two years ago, pretty much the same time Girardi was brought mm-hmm. in. So, you know, Dombrowski's done fantastic all around the league. Anytime he's been a GM anywhere, his teams have, have done really well. Um, yeah. So, this kind of, like I said, I don't know necessarily if it's, it's his fault. Um, like you said, the bullpen was definitely like the second worst. In baseball, like a, a five ERA, and that um, we've talked about payroll. You know that that you're paying for that many, wins, not paying for that many wins, but paying that high of a payroll, you'd get some some wins out of it. Yeah. Um, the real story that I heard about this was that he was really, honestly, they was consider him fired back on May 24th, and that was the night in Atlanta when uh, Girardi refused Kluber as a closer. Um, so he asked Nick Nelson to do something he'd never done before, which is close a one-run game. 
I think if you look at his career, he had one year in the Marlins, he was 78 and four, almost 500 for the season. You've got 10 years in New York, which he played well over, uh, you know, 500 baseball for that, that 10 year. Um, yep. What is it? 9, 10 and 7, 10. Uh, so they won four pennants throughout that and uh, one world series. So it's just, I, I look at other coaches out there like Madden um, and a few others that, that have shown that they don't have winning seats over and over again, and they're still kept on. So it just kind of surprised me that they didn't give them a chance to try to work out some of the key. And I wonder if there was more, more to be said to this. There was actually a little answer, what have you. So uh, any other thoughts on that? I mean, I'm sure we'll find out more as time goes on. We'll find out more about like what was going on in the clubhouse and and stuff behind the scenes but yeah i don't know it's, it's kind of disappointing i mean you saw that they don't make the greatest decision i mean they got rid of gabe kapler um to you know, that's who girardi replaced and then he goes on to do phenomenal in the national league so i, I think it goes a little higher than the, mm-hmm. that's just me all right, moving on to the Cy Young candidates. So we're going to talk uh, start first with the American League. We're going to talk who uh, front running for that Cy Young. Dom, we're going to start with you. Who are your front runners for Cy Young in the American League? I think right now it's a three-way race. Um, I think right now Justin Verlander is having an amazing season. And I think he deserves to be in the competition. I think right now he's probably the favorite to win it. But I would also throw in Nestor Cortez in that conversation. He's been playing phenomenal all season, and it seems like he's getting better and better with every start. Um, I have him on, on my fantasy team, so I've been following his season pretty closely. And it's just amazing what he's able to do without being really a, a, a hard-throwing pitcher. What he's able to do with ball movement and accuracy is just really fun to watch, honestly. Um, and then my third in the National League, this might be a stretch, but Yankees reliever um, Clay Holmes, is I th- he's given up, I think, one earned run all season with eight saves and a 0.84 ERA in third, or 26 innings of work. That's absolutely phenomenal. And I think it's a stretch for a reliever to win it, but the dominant season that he's having, I think he should at least be in the conversation. Definitely. Actually, I had him in. What about you, Jeff? Who is in the American League? Yep, nope. I completely agree with uh, Dom. Uh, got to credit Nasty Nestor. Uh, I also got him <laughs> the team. So, uh, yeah, pretty impressive. Through sixty innings pitched, he's only given up ten runs. Uh, got sixty-eight strikeouts, a five and one record, and a one point five ERA. I mean, that's pretty hard to argue about. But, yes, I do have to give credit to Verlander as well, especially coming back from surgery. He's been looking pretty dominant. Uh, but for the National League, actually, I got Joe Musgrove. I really like Musgrove so far this season. Uh, he's got similar stats uh, through 66 innings. He's given up 12 runs, 64 strikeouts. But he's got a 6-0 and record and a 1.64 ERA. So I like him for San Diego. Okay. All right, Dom, we'll go back to you for your National League. I think right now, I think National League, it's I, – I do agree Joe Musgrove, but I think also Tyler Anderson for the Dodgers needs to be in the conversation. Right now, through 55 innings pitch, he's given up 16 earned runs for a 2.59 ERA. It's a little bit on the higher end, but he's got – towards the higher end of the league in strikeouts, and he's 
clearly, I, I think this this year he's the best pitcher that the Dodgers have. I know they got like Walker Bueller and um, you know some other names on that rotation, but I think he's been the best out of all of them. I want to start with the National League of Men, and I think uh, Shane McClanahan for the Tampa Bay Rays just gone into a nuts four starts, allowing just two earned runs over 20s and striking out 34 compared to his three walks. Uh, the only runs allowed in that span can be a solo home runs off of bats, Kindledero and Glaber Torres. So he sports a 2.01 ERA, uh, 0.91 whip. I, I, he's been lights out to me, and I, I think that the American League East. And I uh, had Garrett Cole in there, too, kind of just picking up there, as well as Kevin Goose lights out pitching. Moving on to the National League, uh, Corbin Burns of the Brewers. Uh, he had a clunky season kind of start, but he's basically flat out just amazing most of the nine starts he's had he's gone at least six innings in each of them he's allowed wasn't only allowed more than uh, definitely one pitching on his I, I definitely had Musgrove on my list as well so and then Lopez uh Pablo Lopez is the mark he's been throwing some lights out baseball for fun to watch I'd say maybe uh if Sandy Alcantara can keep it up uh he's been pretty impressive as well but yeah Pablo Lopez I'd like to give him some credit too yeah, the whole season I've been really impressed with the Marlins pitching staff with uh, Lopez and Alcantara. I think they, they got the, the makings of a pretty dominant pitching staff for years to come. Yeah, and I think that that's what's necessary to go out and, and try to grab these these superstars. They they use their farm system. It's starting, Those dividends are starting to pay off, and that, that's definitely fun. To... All right, moving on to our third topic. We're going to talk about our favorite ballparks. See if we, we match any, see if you disagree or agree. So we're going to start with our third favorite, and then we're going to move on into our first favorites. So, Dom, I'm going to start with you. What is your third favorite ballpark? So uh, the three that I came up with, I'm, I'm just going off of stadiums that I've been to. Um, I'm sure there's other nicer stadiums out there, but I've never been to them, so I can't really give an honest review of them. Um so with that being said, my third favorite stadium is probably a progressive field here in Cleveland. Um, this the, the scenery of downtown Cleveland being in the background. The stadium is nice. It's open. Uh, food's always good. They have good food options. And there's really no bad view in the ballpark. So number three, progressive field. Copy that. All right, Jeff, what do you got for number three on you? Uh, for number three, uh, I've got Camden Yards. Uh, 30th anniversary of Camden Yards this year, too, I uh, realized but i just i love the warehouse and right field being a warehouse it's got that classic feel uh kind of retro ballpark look to it uh i just love the environment uh you can see out there on the street on the outskirts of the stadium there's always people there's always a good environment even though there may not be the best team out there on the field uh but camden yards for me is coming in at number three Okay, I, I still I think was it you that had the that stat about nobody's actually hit the warehouse? Mm-hmm. I just I, I, that still sticks with me. I still talk to people about that all the time. Like you know, nobody's ever actually hit that thing, <laughs> right? Do you think that? that um, do you think well, that them moving the wall back in left field kind of ruins the stadium? Or yeah, I know. Uh, especially earlier, uh, I think it was what. A week or two ago, uh, Aaron Judge was complaining he got robbed of a couple homers out there and left. So, yeah, I mean, I can't say I have too much of a problem with it, uh, but it definitely does make it a little tougher. How much did they move it back? It was pretty oh, significant. Yeah, 
And it's a good like, look. I want to I say like 10 feet or so. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That could definitely be the difference of Homer or not. Mm-hmm. It's All like, right. Aaron Jones, I don't know if you need to be complaining that you don't have enough home runs right now. <laughs> right. 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 It, it, especially when his home stadium has that short porch over it in right field in Yankee Stadium. So I, I don't exactly. think he has any room to complain. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, my number three is Oracle Park in San Francisco. Uh, every time I see, you know, I watch a game on TV there, it just – it just seems like a fun, fun, fun park to be at. I think the fans are always just amazing. Being able to, to get in your canoe or kayak or whatever and possibly catch a home run ball in the water, it just it, it just seems such a fun place to be around, and, and I, I definitely love watching a game. All right, Dom, we're going to start with you with your number two. What do you got for number two? Number two, I got Petco Park in San Diego. It's just you got, again, the old warehouse there over in left field. Um, just the, the vibe of the area around the stadium is really nice. Um, the stadium itself is beautiful. San Diego as the backdrop. Again, beautiful city. It, there's really nothing wrong with that ballpark. It's just a great place to go watch a game. Copy. All right. Jeff, what about you? Number two. Number two, even though I hate everything black and yellow, I got to go with PNC Park. Uh <laughs> I mean, that's probably the best view in baseball, the downtown of Pittsburgh and the bridges going across. Uh, they've got some really, really good food over there. It's very cheap. Uh, so if, definitely a family environment. Uh, I think that that view really sells it all the way up to number two for me. I think that you just actually gave us an idea for the one of our episodes next coming up is the, the best ballpark foods, who's got the best – Ooh, oh, foods. So there we go. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're definitely going to go to that. So t- t- stay tuned, guys, for, <laughs> for that episode coming up. We might have to eat before so we don't get hungry during. Right. <laughs> Break out the skyline. Right. Well, my number two is is Wrigley Field. Uh, growing up as a kid of the 80s, um, I watched WGN that played all these baseball games. I just watched that Ivy and listening to Harry Carey call some of the games. It's just so iconic. Just that the, you know, the Chicago fans are are diehard. You know, I don't know if you saw the the beer snake in the stands uh, <laughs> the other night. That was pretty fantastic, and that that went down about like twenty rows. It was just fantastic. That's impressive. So, yeah. So I, you know, just definitely Chicago Wrigley Field that that Ivy is it's literally a bucket list for, thing for me is to be able to touch the Ivy other than getting my ashes spread at my number one ballpark <laughs> uh, Wrigley Field is definitely like so moving on to the number one Jeff we're going to start with your number one now what do you- all right well here's our overlay my number one is Oracle Park I adore that park <laughs> uh I Exactly what you said, seeing all the people kayaking, running after the home run balls, McCovey Cove. Uh, it's cool that the wall right there leading up to McCovey Cove is 24 feet high for number 24, Willie Mays. Uh, the Coke bottle uh, out there in left field that lights up during the home runs. Uh, there's actually a slide that goes through the Coke bottle as well. I think that's pretty fun. And then the, uh, the Giants old school uh, baseball glove, the 1927 Giants baseball glove out there in left as well. I just 
I love the background. It's always packed. There's always a good crowd turnout. There's the Giants Wall of Fame. It's just a really cool park. I knew it was going to be on somebody else's as well. Good on you, Jeff. <laughs> All right, Dom, what do you got for your number? Well, my number one is the same as Jeff's number two. Um, I got PNC Park as my favorite stadium, um, at least that I've been to. Um, it's just a beautiful stadium. It's small. It's quaint. The backdrop, like Jeff said, best view in baseball with the Pittsburgh skyline and all the bridges. It, there's just nothing wrong with the park at all. Now you Walking over the um, Roberto Clemente Bridge from downtown into the stadium, you can see pretty much completely inside the stadium, and it's just such a cool sight walking over walking over that bridge into the stadium is just another experience. Well, that, you guys are making me want to go. I've never heard one, but it's <laughs> Take it. on your list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe head out to Pittsburgh to see a game. Oh, yeah. Well, my number one is probably no surprise to either of you. Uh, being <laughs> a diehard Boston Red Sox fan, open to 1912, it is Fenway Park. Home of the Green Monster, home of Sweet Caroline during the seventh inning. It is the cathedral. It is the mecca of baseball. I shed a tear when I walked in. Uh, it was just the, the vibe, the energy. It's just everything about it. Uh, one of the highlights of my life. I actually got to take my grandfather uh, a couple years before he passed away uh, to Fenway Park to see a phenomenal. Uh, I'll go back, and like I said before, when I die, somebody can sneak my ashes in there and sprinkle <laughs> them on the field. I greatly appreciate it. But did you know that they actually have people that actually their job is to make sure that that doesn't happen. They watch that. Oh, really? They watch for that stuff. Yes, they watch for that <laughs> stuff. So it, it's it's been a thing that is wanting to happen enough that they've hired some ash uh, guards, if you may. So Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, worried, they're worried about some of the the energies or the the spirits maybe affected in the ballpark. I don't know, but that is definitely right. my number one. Definitely, I, I like it. All right, moving on to uh, our standings rundown. We're going to start with the American League East. We've got New York just killing it, thirty nine and fifteen. They're eight and two in their last ten. You got Toronto at thirty-one and twenty-two. They're eight and two in their last ten as well. Tampa Bay in third place, thirty-one and twenty-three. They're playing five hundred ball, five and five in their last ten. You got the Red Sox playing exactly five hundred ball, but they're six and four in their last ten. And you've got Baltimore at twenty-three and thirty-three, and they are four and six in their last ten. You're moving on to the American League Central. Minnesota leads that pack with the 32-24 record. They're a little bit on a slump with the 4-6 and six in their last 10. Cleveland, number 2, 24-25. They are 6-4 and four in their last 10. You have the White Sox at 25-27. and 27. They are 4-6 and six in their last 10. You've got the Tigers out of Detroit with a 21-33 record, and they are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. And then the Royals, which is kind of a real surprise to me, 17-35, and 35, and they are 3-7. American League West has Houston at a 35 and 19 record, seven three in their last ten, and you've got the Angels at 27 and 28, and they are 0 and 10 in their last ten. So they are on biggest slump I've seen so far this season. That's yikes! You better watch out. I think Madden might be on the next chopping block if that thing <laughs> keeps up. You got Texas at 25 and 28, and they're five and five in their last ten. Seattle. 24 and 30 
They are six and four in their last ten. And Oakland at twenty and thirty-six. They are one and nine in their last ten. Moving to the National League East, you've got the Mets still holding strong at thirty-seven and nineteen. They are eight and two in their last ten. You've got the Braves twenty-eight and twenty-seven. They are seven and three in their last ten. The Phillies twenty-five and twenty-nine. They are five and five in their last ten. I know we talked about this earlier, but since the firing of Joe Girardi, they have a win streak. So good on them. Then Miami at 20 and 30. They are four and six in their last 10. And Washington at 21 and 35. They are five and five in their last National League Central has the Brewers at a 33. They are four and six in their last 10. You've got the St. Louis Cardinals at 31 and 23. They are seven and three in their last 10. You've got the Pirates playing, and they are also seven and three. And you've got the Cubs at 23 and 31. They are five and five. Cincinnati 18 and 35, so they are eclipsed almost, or did they, they're just at the win record we thought they might have at the beginning of the <laughs> season. So they yeah. are five and five in their last ten. And finally, the National League West, the Dodgers 35 and 19, five and five. You've got the Padres 33 and 21. They are five and five. The San Francisco for uh, San Francisco Giants. I'm sorry. Are 29-24. They are also five and five. You've got the Diamondbacks 26 and 29, three and seven, and the Rockies. They are all ten. So start with you, Jeff. Any surprises? Any shocks? What do you think of these standings so far? When we're kind of in this where teams tend to to either start to go on the upward decline or upward trajectory or the downward decline. What do you got? Yeah, uh, definitely. Like you said, the Angels cannot believe how just abysmal they're doing. I think they had like a pretty big lead today that they blew the bullpen, blew to the Phillies. Uh, that is a pretty big surprise to me, especially, you know, since they were number one for how long up there with, uh, you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, I like the Pittsburgh Pirates sweeping the Dodgers, <laughs> affecting those for a yeah. little bit as well. Uh Yep, like those, and the Braves are starting to sneak up over there in the east. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. So starting to see some of these teams get to where I think they might be, might belong, really. Yeah, I mean, definitely the Dodgers or the, the Braves, you know, they kind of came out of nowhere last year too as well. So everybody thought that they, you know, after Acuna got hurt, they they, they stuck in there. And, and so. Dom, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of these standings? I think there's a lot of surprises here. Um, I'm really impressed with how the Pirates have been. They have about 10 more wins right now than I thought they would up to this point. <laughs> so being what, four games under 500 this far into the season, I think that's a pretty damn good season for the Pirates so far. Um, and I, the Yankees are, they were my pick to uh, represent the American League in the World Series. They're even better than I thought that they would be. For them to be what thirty nine and fifteen at this point is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't think any team is really going to stop them this year. Unfortunately, uh, you know, being a anti Yankees person that I am, uh, I got to admit that they're a pretty damn good team. Um, but I'm also really disappointed in how the Angels have kind of collapsed, and I'm disappointed in, in how the Phillies have been doing. I really thought that they would have been a lot better, and I'm also disappointed in the White Sox. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go with the the Royals on this one uh, with the 17 and 35. Obviously, the Reds have already passed them when it comes in. We didn't, re- you know, we assumed that the Reds were going to not do good. 
I didn't have a chance in with the 17 and 35 record. It just, they can't buy a win. It looks bad. It's not. Um, also, I think we talked about this the last time is that just the, uh, the National League West um, top pretty much, you know, all contending come, you know, wildcard time. The team's coming out of the National for sure. All right, moving on to our men's NCAA championships. Um, obviously, the regional started Friday, June 3rd, and they June 6th. Then you got the super regionals, which are Friday, June 10th through Sunday, June 12th, or Saturday, June 11th through Day, June 13th, a little bit longer. And then you've got the first day of the College World Series is Friday, June 7th. College World Series finals starts June 25th, the best out of three, and then the Final championship should be Monday, June 27th. Uh, is, you know, started College World Series started in 1907. The California for the first ever, and that was in Kalamazoo, Michigan, before they moved it to Omaha, and that it's been there ever since. So obviously, Mississippi State won last year. We did not have a College World Series in 2020 due to COVID. We had Vanderbilt win it in 2019. Oregon State winning it in Florida and 17 in Coastal Carolina, 16. So definitely listen, pay attention to um, we're gonna, when this next uh, episode airs, we'll we'll have a closer region. I didn't go over all the scores because there's a lot of it, especially in the regionals. And once we get those brackets a little bit uh, tightened, we'll definitely give you in the final uh, little bracket area. Our final topic of the night, and it is the one fact about baseball, something we episode and Maybe you know it, maybe you don't, but we always try to stump each other. So, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. What is one fact about baseball that some that we might not? All right. My question for you guys is, who was the first ever athlete to be on the Wheaties box? So it has to be baseball-related, correct? It sure is. I'm going to say Joe DiMaggio. Nope. Don, what do you got? <laughs> MIA. <laughs> I didn't realize I was unmuted, <laughs> or I was—I didn't realize I was muted. Okay, did you hear? Did you hear his? his yeah, uh... no, I, I was sitting here. I started talking, and then I didn't realize I was muted. <laughs> um, I was originally thinking Babe Ruth, but I'm gonna say Hank Aaron. Nope, those are some good guesses, but uh, actually, only just learned this because it was just Lou Gehrig Day, and it was Lou Gehrig in 1934. Okay. So I know Wheaties has been around for a long ass time. So to, to, it had to be one of the, mm-hmm. and that, that even goes back farther with obviously DiMaggio. You, you had me back. <laughs> and uh, another thing I thought was kind of interesting about it was his picture was actually featured on the back of the box, not on the front of the box like what we're used to. Interesting. Hmm. All right, Dom, what is your one fact about baseball that we made? My fact is that World War II actually inspired some rule changes in baseball. Um, I didn't notice this, or I didn't know this, but uh, Major League Baseball declared that in the event of an enemy bombing, the leading time, or after five innings, uh, they could declare the game like a full game. So if they had to stop a game in case bombs were being dropped, there would at least be a winner declared after five innings. And it's it's a rule that kind of just stuck. You know, they use it in case of like bad weather where they can't finish a game, but it's like the sixth or seventh inning, they'll just call it and that'll be a, a complete game. Okay. Hmm. All right. I wonder yeah. if they had have... I had no idea. I just learned it today. I wonder if they had that in cricket in, in the UK or anything like that or any rule I would, ass- that, I would assume so. <laughs> All right, that so... I know there's 
I know there's bombs being dropped, but we got to figure out these baseball scores. <laughs> right, yeah. Can, can you lay down this bunt before we, we pick up? <laughs> so I know we talked a couple episodes ago about the Oakland Athletics fans, you know, boycotting some of the games and not going. And I know we talked about the, the Reds, uh, their team base, their fan base, just kind of um, not showing up as well. But how, how what team had the least amount attendance ever recorded in a baseball game ever in a, so a single game yeah what's the least amount of people that ever showed up for a baseball game 500 gosh that's tough it's tough to imagine it maybe what the a's just had what, like 1300 i'm gonna go around go 750 750 okay you're both uh a little over wow so the, the least amount of people to record it at a baseball game is 347 set in, in this is in modern day too this is set in 2011 the florida marlins were playing the cincinnati reds and only 347 people ever attended the game due to uh hurricane irene so even there was an appending oh. hurricane and <laughs> people were like at least 347 goes yeah it's just a little rain let's go watch the game yeah, it's worth it. I, I respect that a little <laughs> bit. And you know, those are probably the only true diehard fans that the Marlins have. So we find out who who their true fans are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was a shock. So so not seven fifty, not five hundred, but three hundred and forty seven. During a hurry, I'm surprised they didn't just postpone the game or move the series. Because the MLB yeah. has moved series before. Yeah, and this might have been where it was it was at least a little bit farther off and people thought it might come in a little faster, but uh Probably the best parking they've ever had. <laughs> Everybody got premier parking. <laughs> well, that does it for this edition of On Deck presented by Deep Dive Sports. Thanks again, Jeff and Dom, for joining today. Tune in next time for more interesting facts about baseball. And until next time, this is Deep Dive Sports, and we are out. Baseball is America's pastime. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of On Deck as much as we have. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at deep.dive.sports. Or download us through Amazon, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. As always, we are On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.